Welcome back, everyone. Did you miss me? Because I missed you. I'm so sorry for the delay. I had uh, quite an interesting month, to put it mildly, I guess. Um, so when we last uh, were together, uh, I was going on vacation, which was for a week, and that was at the end of August. And after that week, I had every intention of coming back. Um, I'd had a couple ideas that I was going to uh, cover um, or I guess a couple topics that I was going to cover in the, uh, podcast episode following my vacation. Um, and I even recorded it, uh, or I was in the process of recording it, but then I got hit with some, uh, technical difficulties. So the episode that I was recording got about halfway through and then, uh, my computer just decided to crash on me. And then uh, I just didn't have the time to like go and redo all of it and finish it up and then um, get it posted on time. So it's like, okay, well, another week, uh, that won't hurt anyone. And then the following week, I got a fever. And that just took all the life out of me and all my remaining time. I just wanted to relax and not have to you know, do anything, let alone a podcast, as much as I love doing this. I just, uh, you know, was super drained that week. Um, then after that, I was dealing with a bit of a personal drama, um, a lot of job-related stuff and job searching and yada yada. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's been my my past month. So that was like all of September in a nutshell for me. Um, but now I'm finally back. I've got a lot of spare time on my hands for the time being. So uh, I'm very excited to be back doing Ty Loves Movies. Uh, i got a lot to kind of catch up on. Even though September normally is kind of just a shitty month for uh, film news. I mean, good thing about September is like it's technically, I guess, like the start of Oscar season. I mean, maybe I shouldn't say technically because I guess Oscar season never officially ends, but... I mean, September through December is like when it's prime time, you know, so we got all the big Oscar bait contenders coming out in the next couple uh, weeks to months. Um, very excited to get into the Oscars and the uh, award season stuff with you guys as uh, time goes on. I mean, probably won't get until closer to uh, December when some of these bigger uh, nominations will come out for these awards. Uh, leading up to the Oscar nominations, but I'm really, really excited for that. So, uh, yes, stay tuned for that. Um, but, yeah, in the meantime, uh, been a lot of stuff that's been going on. So, um, first off, let's start with uh, Don't Worry Darling. So, that was actually going to be what I was going to cover in my uh, episode post-vacation uh, before I dealt with all the technical drama of everything. Um, I was originally going to do an episode devoted to uh, the Don't Worry Darling drama, because I'm sure I'm sure most of you all have heard about all the behind-the-scenes nonsense that was going on uh, between, like, Olivia Wilde, the director, and Florence Pugh, the star, and all this stuff with, like, Harry Styles, and then Shia LaBeouf, and blah, blah, blah. So I was originally going to do a whole episode devoted to that, as it was all breaking down in the news and everything. And I was also going to cover... Um, uh, the Last Jedi. Um, the reason I was going to cover The Last Jedi was because Ryan Johnson 
had made some uh, comments about it because uh, we're approaching the fifth year anniversary of it. And I guess he had revisited it and uh, he was just giving his thoughts and talking about how he's even more proud of the film now than how uh, Benny was five years ago. So uh, I, I felt like I just wanted to do like a bit of a deeper dive into that because uh, I know I'd already covered my feelings on Star Wars and like the Disney Star Wars specifically with my buddy Dom uh, a couple podcast episodes ago, which if you haven't checked it out, please do. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that was like what I was in the process of recording. But anyways, that's all in the past now. I'm sure uh, come December, I'll probably I'll probably do the Last Jedi episode to cover the, the five-year anniversary of it. Uh, but for right now, let's get into Don't Worry, Darling. So um, I had not seen Olivia Wilde's uh, first film that she had directed, uh, Booksmart. I heard it was very good, though, um, but just never got around to seeing it. But I was a big fan of Olivia Wilde as an actress for years now. So, um, you know, the fact that she was doing this um, really, uh, like, uh, uh, how, do, how do I put it? Like, just just like, really interesting concepts, you know, like, uh, high production value sort of deal. Uh, I'm like, totally like drawing a blank on how to describe <laughs> describe like the movie and its production and everything but i don't know regardless um uh, i was very interested uh in this film like when all the footage was coming out uh god when was that now like because it feels like this movie's been in the process of being made forever now just because uh, i think they they started shooting it when uh covid was first going on so that was back in 2020 but uh i i want to say it was like 2021 was when we first saw any like footage for it i mean maybe i'm just tripping maybe it's just uh the blur of these past few years it's kind of just mushing everything together in my mind but um whenever the first footage of this film first came out and just uh uh, the cast and crew talking about it, it definitely piqued my, my interest. And Olivia Wilde had even gone on record and said that she was inspired uh, by my two favorite films of all time, uh, Inception and The Matrix, uh, when making this film. So I was like, okay, you got me. Like, I'm, I'm sold. Like, that's all I needed to hear. You got Inception and The Matrix in the mix. Like, done. I'm there. So, um, yeah, I was I was very interested to, to see this film. Um, and then... Over the past few months, there's just been all this drama that's been coming out about like the behind the scenes of uh, of the production, and uh, uh, most notably, I guess, was um, that uh, Olivia Wilde had originally wanted Shia LaBeouf to play the the lead male character in the film, uh, Florence Pugh's character. Uh, Alice, her husband, Jack, that would have been played by Shia LaBeouf originally, and he was cast, and then he dropped out, um, and I guess people didn't really think twice about it, you know, it was just kind of like, okay, he was in it, then he's out, and then there's Harry Styles, and then, uh, as the world's, as everyone knows around the world, uh, Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles have been dating, um, ever since they'd, uh, made the film together, way back when, um, but then it came out that, uh, like, I guess Olivia Wilde was claiming that she had fired Shia LaBeouf, and then Shia LaBeouf was like, no, 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 you didn't fire me, I quit, like, and uh, I've got the receipts, you know, so I don't know why you're going around telling people that you fired me, like, we we both know why I left the film. Um, and then through all that, it, that turned into, uh, like, all this drama between uh, 
Olivia Wilde and Florence Pugh. So it was just a whole PR nightmare that um, thought, like potentially thought could you know work in the box office's favor for the film, but uh, evidently not because uh, the critics haven't been too kind to the film. Um, they they said that you know like okay it's like the performances are fine um very interesting concepts you know it's it's very well shot it's well like the the sets are all really good uh, the sound is really good like you know it seems like all the technical stuff about this film is really good but uh the, i think the thing that everybody agrees is the weakest part of this film is the script and now that i've seen it i can 100% confirm that um, so I really enjoyed this movie. Like I enjoyed it. Um, didn't love it, didn't hate it. Um, but the thing that just drives me crazy, and I feel like I've probably talked about this a hundred times over the course of these very few podcast episodes that I've done so far, but just the thing that drives me crazy about movies of today is when they've got all of these things going for them, right? Like you've got a, a really good director, you've got good writers, you've got great cast, great talent behind the scenes, cinematographers, editing, blah, 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 blah. But the script is dog shit. It drives me up the fucking wall because it's like the script is the backbone to your film. It's it's the foundation to your house. It's the skeleton of the film. Like that is what the script is. So if you don't have that, chances are your end result is isn't going to be that good. And if by some miracle you're able to, you know, salvage something from that, that's awesome. But just imagine how much better it would have been had you had a good script backing it up. So that's how I felt with this film. Like it's, it's a very interesting concept. I feel like it just needed one or two more rewrites. Like the movie took very, very long to kind of get to the point. And I mean, uh, I saw it with my sister and my girlfriend, whose birthday it is today. So everybody, happy birthday, Bianca. Uh, you know, everybody, spread your love to my beautiful girlfriend. Um, she's 24 today. Um, anyways, uh, but yeah, we saw it, uh, I think it was that opening weekend, I think. Or maybe it was a couple days later. But uh, yeah, we were just kind of like, we were enjoying it as we were watching it. But by the end, we were just like, oh my god, Like this, that movie took forever. We thought it was like two and a half hours long. And then when we looked up the runtime after, it's like, oh my god, this is only a two-hour movie. Like It just felt really, really long. And that's just because the movie took its sweet old time being like this slow burn kind of thing uh, before it really started to like pay off with everything which isn't always a bad thing but i just feel like in this case there really wasn't a need for the all of that build up like i think after a certain point the audience was you know they they got it like they understood like okay something is clearly wrong here like we didn't need a whole other hour devoted to hmm maybe there's something up here it's like no 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 we know let's let's speed it up a bit um so yeah i mean it's it sucks because again i feel like this is this could have been something really really good um but yeah i mean weak scripts what can i say uh, and uh the performances i'd say were probably the best part about it um well the performances and i'd say like the cinematography like um Actually, like like I said, like the production design was really good too. I mean, all of like the technical elements to this film, like production design, costumes, um, editing, cinematography, the sound was really good. The music was good. Like all that was really great. Um, and then on top of that, 
Uh, Florence Pugh is just incredible. Like, she is just fucking fantastic. Um, if you guys haven't checked out the movie Little Women, uh, Greta Gerwig's Little Women came out in 2019, please check it out. That is such a beautiful film. All the performances in that film are just so fucking good. But uh, Florence Pugh especially is just fantastic. She's fantastic in um, in Midsommar. Um, she was one of the only good things about black widow in my opinion but just she's just consistently great so uh <laughs> i think everyone's just in agreement that no matter what beef they had with this film florence Pugh was was far from it you know she was far from any of the the negative aspects of this film she was fantastic um and uh, chris pine was also really good uh and you know there's all this talk about like harry styles and his performance in the film I didn't think he was bad. Like he wasn't great either, but it wasn't like, Oh, like this, this guy's just terrible. Like just completely ruining every, all the scenes he's in. And, you know, uh, but I, I will admit that I do feel like a different, if a different actor were playing that part, I think the movie would have benefited from that. But then again, then the box office wouldn't have had all of Harry Styles fans showing up to the theater. So, I mean, I guess it's a trade-off. But then again, I mean, as of right now, it doesn't look like uh, the movie itself is doing too well at box office. I don't think we can call it a flop necessarily because uh, it's like, from what IMDb was telling me, its budget was reportedly around $20 million, And I think as it stands now, the movie's made Fifty-four million at worldwide box office, which, you know, the rule of thumb is uh, with these movies that you have to at least double your budget back to make a profit. Um, so I mean, it it did that, but not by a whole whole lot. Um, I'm sure Warner Brothers was probably hoping for a lot more, um, but what can you do? I mean, Warner Brothers, uh, they're they're in a bit of a fucking mess right now. Uh, one of the things I wanted to cover when I was going to be talking about Don't Worry Darling leading up to its release and everything was that uh, Warner Brothers, because of all their, their bullshit behind the scenes with, uh, you know, uh, canceling Batgirl and canceling all these other projects and doing all these tax write-offs and blah, blah, blah. Well, uh, right now they've kind of shot themselves in the foot a bit because now they really don't have, they don't have a whole lot of money to uh, promote uh, and advertise uh, their remaining films this year. So uh, they, uh, at the time when it, this was all reported by all the trades and everything, they only had enough money to uh, to be promoting Don't Worry Darling and Black Adam. And that's it. I mean, granted, I don't think they had a whole lot else coming out this year anyways, but still, it's just the fact that they put themselves in this position where they just they do not have the money this year to do much of anything because of how much they they shot themselves in the foot by uh, canceling all these projects and uh, all these layoffs that were going on and just uh, the overall backlash to their um, to their decision making. Um, it's uh, it's just it's it's really it's really not a good look for Warner Brothers right now because I mean. Uh, don't worry, darling. Is it making as much as I'm sure they would like? And Black Adam will be out in a couple weeks. And oh God, I like. I, ever since I was a kid, I always liked The Rock. Like I liked his movies. I liked uh, like Walking Tall and The Rundown, um, The Mummy Returns. You know, I've I liked The Rock. I I wasn't the biggest WWE fan as a kid, um, but 
I enjoyed it, but not as much as uh, some of my other friends. And a good buddy of mine, Eric Martin, uh, who's really blowing up right now. you got to check him out uh, if you haven't already. Um, he he kind of got me into WWE. Um, and same goes to my buddy, Kelso. Uh, those two are like my, my big WWE friends. Uh, so they kind of got me into it more over the years. Um, and The Rock is, you know... I think arguably the the most popular of the w, uh, WWE stars, at least for for this generation or for this time. Um, but as an actor, I I have very very mixed feelings about The Rock. I mean, what I will respect about him is that uh, what I do respect about him is that you know he knows what he's selling you. He he's selling you The Rock. You know he's he's a very smart businessman. He's a very good entertainer. Uh, anybody that's been a fan of WWE will tell you that. Like you know he he is good at getting the people going, getting the audiences going, getting people to show up. Um, and I mean that's translated pretty well for him in his movie career. But uh, at the end of the day, though, I think where The Rock kind of kind of loses steam for me is that he demands to be taken seriously as an artist. Uh, at least that's the vibe I've gotten from him. Um, and it's, it's hard for me to, to, you know, give him that because as an entertainer, I will give him that, you know, there's no doubt about it. He's one of the best at what he does when it comes to entertainment. But when it comes to being an artist, I don't know, dude, like you just, you play yourself. And there are actors that have managed to make very good careers out of, you know, playing themselves or playing these characters that are, you know, like very loosely based off of their real life personalities and whatnot. But with The Rock, it just gets old. I feel like we get it, dude. Like you're the the biggest, strongest guy in, in this movie. You've got a heart of gold. You're willing to do the wrong thing for the right reason and you're all about family and you know like you're you're just uh yeah you're just you're the best rock like we get it you know that's that's your those are your characters in a nutshell um and so now we've got black adam coming out which is like his his baby you know he's been working on this project for god knows how long now but it's finally coming out um and Warner Brothers and DC, I think, are really banking on it being successful. And I mean, one thing about The Rock is that, you know, his movies are successful. Uh, so people will turn up to the to the theaters to see The Rock just because they like The Rock or they like the movies he's done before. So I don't have any doubt that that Black Adam, uh, you know, won't be a success. I'm sure it'll I'm sure it'll do well. But I do think it's not going to do as well as uh, Warner Brothers Discovery and The Rock would like for it to do. Um, that's just me personally. I guess we'll find out in a couple of weeks, but just from everything uh, uh, like trailer-wise and marketing-wise and uh, just from everything we've seen and heard about it, it hasn't really done much for me personally. I mean, to be honest, the main reason I'm going to see Black Adam in theaters is for Pierce Brosnan's Dr. Fate, because Dr. Fate is such a fucking cool character, and Pierce Brosnan has been my guy for the longest time. Like, he was my Bond growing up. So, you know, that that casting is just fucking awesome to me. Um, and Aldous Hodge as, uh, as Hawkman. 
I fucking love that dude. So uh, those two, I'd say, are like my my big reasons for why I would go and pay to see Black Adam in the theaters. But I guess at the end of the day, The Rock will get the last laugh because he'll still get my money. So you know, I guess fair fair to or good for him. You know, um, I mean. God, if, if The Rock just confirmed that Henry Cavill as Superman was in this movie, I think uh, I think the movie would do a lot better. Uh, but it's kind of teasing. But I don't know. I guess I guess we'll see. But if 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 Henry Cavill isn't in this movie as Superman, then I think a lot of people are going to be pissed off. So, The Rock, if you've somehow managed to get Henry Cavill back as Superman, then you will have my respect, one hundred percent. But we'll see. We'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it but anyways so yeah uh don't worry darling was uh was you know it was all right uh, i enjoyed it i i wish it could have been better i wish that a lot of these um you know original movies that are coming out um that have all these uh talented people working on them i wish that there was just more time put into making sure that these scripts are top notch but apparently that's really hard to come by nowadays um when it comes to like these bigger blockbuster films which really upsets me so there's that and uh you know we'll see uh if, if black adam can um can salvage the rest of Warner Brothers Discovery's financial uh, messes of this year. I mean, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, so they've actually just gotten hit with a lawsuit because, uh, I, I mean, Warner Brothers Discovery, they got hit with a with a lawsuit because uh turns out during the merger between Warner Brothers um, and Discovery, like I covered um, in a previous podcast episode, uh, turns out Warner Brothers was kind of... Uh, uh, cooking the books a bit on their numbers, specifically with HBO Max. So, to save you all of, like the specific legal bullshit and technical terms and all that, um, essentially, when Warner Brothers was merging with with Discovery to become Warner Brothers Discovery, uh, one of the big like uh, deal breakers was uh, HBO Max. You know, because we're living in this this digital streaming worlds and uh you know everybody's got to have their own streamer now it's just the way it is unfortunately um so uh when warner brothers was was you know selling themselves essentially they said that oh we've got a ton of subscribers for for hbo max so you know like we're, we're really doing well you know you should totally you know, like invest in it, invest in us and let's, let's make this thing happen, discovery. And so they're like, Oh, sweet, cool. And then only for discovery to find out, uh, all these months later, like, okay, wait a second. You guys were full of shit. Like you, you guys don't have this many subscribers. Like you guys never had that many subscribers. So what the fuck you were, you were conning us, you, you know, you, you're using all these loopholes and you're including these customers that were like part of AT&T but not really HBO Max subscribers so they were like okay well what the fuck like you totally just gypped us um and we invested all this money into this and now it's like you know what what are you doing so now they got this whole big lawsuit on their hands and I mean and that's that's the problem when it comes to all these streamers and I think I talked about this with with my buddy John in the first episode was like you know unlike with the box office where you know you can't you can't fudge the numbers with box office you know the numbers will speak from for themselves um with all these different outlets and the amount of money that's getting uh, reported from uh each theater chain and whatnot uh, all around the world like there's no hiding how well a film will do at box office but when it comes to the the streaming uh 
numbers and the success of, of streaming, like, that's really tricky because at the end of the day, it's really up to the streamers whether or not they want to release their numbers. So, I mean, if they choose not to, um, you know, they could just tell you whatever, you know, like, I, I really don't know exactly how much, like, it gets translated into success, like how people can go like, oh, yeah, this was a huge success. And like, we know that for a fact, other than just, you know, obvious word of mouth. But yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a, a trickier thing compared to box office numbers. So, uh, and, and especially with, with Warner Brothers and HBO Max and everything, I mean, there's been so much bullshit with them and their supposed numbers uh, ever since it really got going during COVID. Um, like, when they tried saying that, like, Mortal Kombat was, like, their their highest streamed movie of 2021 or it was something crazy like that. I was like, you're fucking bullshitting me. Like, I don't believe that for a goddamn second. Like no way. Like they really tried to downplay Zack Snyder's justice league success to prop up their other films that were streaming. And me and a lot of other people are like, nobody's buying that. But then again, like we don't have the proof of it, you know, like we can't just flat out confirm it. We had like third party streaming, uh, streaming sites that could, you know, kind of back us up a little bit, but it wasn't anything concrete. So now that this lawsuit's happening, it just kind of reaffirms how full of shit they were about that whole situation and just goes to show how shady things are over there at Warner Brothers Discovery. And, <laughs> oh, it's such a fucking mess and it breaks my heart. It truly does. Um, but yeah, who knows? Um, but yeah, just figured I'd uh, catch you all up on that little bit of news. So, um, let's see, what else What else have I missed? Um, oh, just recently saw the Black Phone. Uh, I, I know that came out like a while ago, um, but uh, luckily enough for me, it's, it was still playing in theaters as of like last week. Um, so I took my girlfriend to go and see it and it's fucking awesome. That movie was really, really good. Uh, I'm a sucker for, for horror movies. Um, and I've been like craving just good horror movies again. Um, and this movie, I felt like just, it's, it satisfied that need. So, uh, I was very, very surprised with, with how much I enjoyed the black phone. Um, I do really enjoy the director, uh, Scott Derrickson's work. So, I mean, I guess it's not too surprising and I just fucking love Ethan Hawke. Like that's, he's the man. So, uh, he was phenomenal as, as usual with this performance. Um, so yeah, black phone was really good. Uh, but the, the, the thing or the, oh God, let's try that again. Um, person who really stole the show for me as fantastic as Ethan Hawke was in the black phone was Madeline McGraw who plays like the main character's sister who's like trying to find him and um save him from Ethan Hawke she was fucking fantastic like I remember uh when I was watching this in the theater, it was just me and my girlfriend like we're the only two people in the theater um when we went to go and see it but she had this whole scene where she's like crying and she's yelling. And I just looked to my girlfriend and I was like, Bianca, like that little girl, she is fucking fantastic. Like, I hope she's in more stuff uh, going forward because she was incredible. So hats off to you, Madeline McGraw. You stole the show from a movie with Ethan Hawke in it. Like, you're, you're incredible. So, 
Um, yeah, if I don't know if it's still playing in theaters. I hope it is. But uh, you know, it's that that movie's done so well at box office. It's like 157 million at uh, box office worldwide, and it had like a I think it was less than 20 million dollar budget. Like that's awesome. Like that's it's been such a good year for horror. Um, and uh, I'll I'll get into that probably in my next podcast episode because I'm still planning on doing my Halloween podcast uh, with with my good buddy Tim now that Halloween ends is almost here so um that'll be sometime I'd say within the next week because uh trying to do as much catch-up as I can since I I missed a whole goddamn month um so and right now with all the spare time I have uh if I get my way uh I'll have uh multiple episodes out per week as opposed to just one um just to kind of you know uh make up for lost time so hopefully um, before the end of this week, um, I will have the, the Halloween, uh, podcast episode up. Um, so yeah, I guess, uh, stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, really good year for horror movies so far. Um, and yeah, good job for everyone involved with the black phone. Um, let's see what else is going on. Ooh, that's right. Okay. So I got some Marvel news. So, um, Blade, with Mahershala Ali is uh, dealing with a bit of production drama. So um, I think it was last week, the director uh, of Blade, um, starring Mahershala Ali and Delroy Lindo, um, he dropped out of, as director. Uh, God, I'm probably going to butcher his name, but is it, I think it's Bassam Tariq. Um, man, he... I. He directed a movie, I think that came out last year, that I heard was really good with Riz Ahmed, and I cannot remember the name of it. But uh, a lot of people that um, I know that are like more like me with all the film love and stuff, um, they were really excited by this director uh, taking on Blade. Um, so now that he's dropped out, everybody's like, well, damn, this, this really sucks. Cause I feel like he's such a good director that he could have brought something really cool to, to the movie. And now, you know, he's, he's out. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it sucks because I love Mahershala Ali. Uh, he is just a fucking, he is so goddamn talented. It's ridiculous. Um, so when they announced him as Blade, I was like, oh, cool, you know, that's awesome, because, you know, why not? Like, it's Mahershala Ali. Like, he apparently he went to Kevin Feige, he was just like, look, I want to be Blade. Like, make this happen. And Kevin Feige was like, yeah, sure, why not? So, uh, yeah, and the rest has been history, I guess. But now they're just having trouble uh, getting it off the ground. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I've always liked Blade. Like, Wesley Snipes is Blade's fucking awesome uh I, I have a very distinct memory of seeing the uh, blade 2 trailer in the movie theater when i was a kid and i just remember thinking like that guy is like the coolest motherfucker like he, I, he had like the two machine guns and he was killing all these zombies or, or vampires i'm sorry not zombies um but yeah uh so blade's just really fucking cool and i was really excited but also really nervous that the mcu was kind of tackling him because uh as we all know the mcu is very very kid friendly and very lighthearted with their with their style of filmmaking so the idea of like somebody as talented as mahershala ali coming on to be blade for disney and the mcu it's like okay there's a way that this can work and it can be really cool and then there's another way this can work 
and it's going to be a fucking mess. And with all this behind the scenes drama going on with, um, you know, the director dropping out and now it's getting a big rewrite apparently. And a report had come out that uh, apparently uh, Mahershala Ali's been getting frustrated with the whole process. Uh, apparently, according to this insider person who, uh, he's, he's had his, his fair share of credibility, I guess, but he's also had his fair share of bullshit, so I guess you could take it with a grain of salt, but, um, the guy said that, uh, He's hearing that the Blade script is roughly 90 pages and features exactly two lackluster action sequences. Uh, that Mahershala Ali is said to be very frustrated and that Kevin Feige is said to be spread too thin. So, uh, I mean, I gotta give it to this guy, Jeff Snyder. Um, this sounds pretty credible just because, I mean for anyone that's heard about any of these upcoming MCU projects, I mean, between Comic-Con and then the D23 that just went down, like, Kevin Feige is a very, very, very busy man. So, uh, you know, it doesn't surprise me in the slightest that uh, he's feeling like he's being spread too thin, because, I mean, well, it's kind of his own fault, too, because, I mean, when you're going out of your way to green light all these hundreds of thousands of Marvel projects, it seems, every year, um, and you're just looking to outdo yourself every every year moving forward, like, it's just bound to happen. Um, but it does suck, because I feel like this is, like, again, this is a project that I think could be something really good with Blade, and especially with Mahershala Ali. Um, so the fact that this is one of those projects that's kind of being, uh, you know, caught in the crossfire of... of all the all of the other nonsense going on and just how busy Feige is with everything else leading up to the new Avengers movies that they're going to be doing um, in the foreseeable future. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's disappointing. I wish I wish the MCU would just slow down a bit and just go back to giving us less projects every year that were actually of quality instead of it being like, okay, like we did three MCU movies last year and four MCU shows. So now we got to double that and we got to add more. We just need to keep outdoing ourselves every year until, until there's just nothing but MCU films and TV shows, uh, all day, every day, year round. Um, you know, I, I would very much, uh, I would very, I'd very much be happy if, uh, if Feige just kind of slowed it down. I was like, okay, like, do we really need to do this project? Like, why don't we focus on like, Avengers, uh, Secret Wars, and Kang Dynasty, because like those are, those are kind of like our our really big projects that we're we're working on right now. We really want to make sure that those are going to be as good as they can be. So like, let's just focus a little more on that and less on like I don't know the the Agatha spinoff show or whatever else they're doing. Um, but that's just me. So, but yeah. So I mean, I hope that uh, I hope that the Blade uh, production drama gets resolved soon and that they can make a really awesome film out of that. Uh, hopefully they get a really good director for it because, I mean, you got fucking Mahershala Ali and Delroy Lindo in a Blade movie together. Like, come on. You need to get that right. Please, for the love of God, get that right. So there's that. Then uh, on to some big Marvel news. Um, so Hugh Jackman coming back for Deadpool 3 confirmed. Uh, so, yeah, I think my, I, like so many of you out there, probably seen Ryan Reynolds' tweet, 
and we're like, oh, what's this? Like, oh, he's talking about Deadpool 3, and then, oh, there's Hugh Jackman. Wait, what the fuck? Oh my god, like, Hugh Jackman's coming back as Wolverine for Deadpool 3! This is so cool! Um, so yeah, that was a total surprise. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm actually, I'm pretty excited for it. But, uh, I'm also a little nervous, because, for those of you who don't know, uh, Wolverine, uh, specifically Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, uh, or the reason why I'm such a, a Wolverine fan is because of Hugh Jackman. Uh, but Wolverine is my favorite comic character, like, ever. Uh, second to that is Batman, but Wolverine, that's my guy. I fucking love Wolverine. I've been such a huge fan of his and the X-Men for as long as I can remember. Um, and, you know, we had such a beautiful send-off for, for Hugh Jackman as Logan um, back in 2017. Uh, so the thought of him coming back... It's, it's very, like, bittersweet because it's like, okay, you know, as, as much as the world would love to see more of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, uh, it's like, come on, don't don't touch Logan. Like, that ending was just so perfect. Like, just leave it be. But uh, in the defense of that, um, after Ryan Reynolds announced uh, Hugh Jackman coming back as Wolverine, they did a, like, the two of them did a follow-up video where they were like, look, we're not touching Logan. Like, that was its own thing. We're not We're not touching that. So, and I believe it. Um, especially when you consider that, if you really think about it, Logan was always this kind of, like, one-off alternate universe story. Um, even, like, James Mangold and I think Hugh Jackman both have gone on record and said that. Um, because when you really think about it, it doesn't fit in with the timeline of any of the other X-Men movies. Um, and granted, continuity was not uh, the X-Men movie's strongest suit, <laughs> by far. Um, but, yeah, they they... They went on record, I want to say, I'm like 99% certain, and said that, that uh, they considered Logan to be like its own parallel universe, like uh, alternate timeline story, uh, which I prefer it that way, because that means we kind of got it the best of both worlds, right? Like, we have the true ending of Hugh Jackman's uh, portrayal as Wolverine, like the... Like, from the start with him in X-Men from 2000 all the way up uh, until Days of Future Past. Like, the Days of Future Past ending is, like, the the ending for that iteration of Logan. And then you have Logan, which is, like, the, the end, essentially, of Hugh Jackman's time as Wolverine. And it's this one-off, like, alternate timeline kind of story. But now it's like, okay, well, it's not really the end because Hugh Jackman's going to be back for Deadpool 3. But I have to say, um, I am excited to see Hugh Jackman back as Wolverine. I'm a hypocrite, whatever. But um, I don't know. Just Ryan Reynolds has such a gr good groove going with Deadpool um, ever since the first movie came out in 2016. And uh, he's always wanted you know, to have a true chance at a Deadpool Wolverine movie after the abomination of X-Men Origins Wolverine back in 2009. So the fact that they're finally getting to, to have that, I think is really fucking cool. And it just fits well because, you know, with Deadpool being uh, owned by Disney now and he's going to be a part of the MCU and with the, the timing of it all with the MCU doing like, I think Feige said like, you know, these, this phase is like the multiverse saga or whatever. Like all the stuff that they're doing is meant to be around like these multiverse stories. So, I mean, it does work, like, I mean, we'll see how the, the film turns out, but I mean, 
got Sean Levy directing it. Uh, he just did Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds, and he's worked with Hugh Jackman uh, on Real Steel. So, like, it's just, like, this... It's a good group that's coming together. Like, three people that work really well together. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm very, very excited. Uh, hopefully they don't fuck it up. But, uh, you know, I enjoy the Deadpool movies, you know, for what they are. That's, that's something I give Ryan Reynolds a lot of credit uh, for, is he knows what he's selling you, you know, with, with Deadpool. And he is doing it perfectly. So, good on him very excited so yeah we'll see how that turns out in 2024 so all right uh some other marvel news um i feel like i probably already talked about this before but just a little reminder black panther wakanda forever looks fucking fantastic like it really really looks incredible um i think it's going to be a really really great film i fucking love ryan coogler um and i think it's just going to be something that's going to hit a lot of people in the feels um it's going to be something really special. The tickets are on sale now. It'll be out, uh, I think it's November 11th, if I want to say that correctly. Um, yeah, pretty sure it's November 11th. So tickets just went on sale. They released another trailer for it. Um, yeah, it's very, very exciting stuff. I'm very excited to see it. I'm going to have to revisit the first Black Panther because um, it's been a while since I've seen it. And, uh, you know, I have, I have my own thoughts on the first Black Panther. I think it's a really good film. It's I think it's my in my top five for the MCU, but I definitely felt like it, it wasn't, it wasn't as good as everybody was, was like hyping it up to be. It's got, it's, it's very important for representation and there's so much good in the movie cast, production design, uh, costumes. There's a lot of good stuff, but just like with, uh, with black Panther, not black Panther with, um, don't worry, darling. And a lot of these other blockbuster films that have come out over the years where it's got all these fantastic elements to it the script just kind of held it back for me and marvel has never been known to have uh good scripts in my humble opinion uh which pretty sure i already covered that as well but uh yeah so uh but anyways i'm gonna have to revisit black panther leading up to wakanda forever but uh it's gonna hurt you know uh chadwick boseman just gone too soon so but yeah if you haven't checked out the 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 trailer for it, the, the new trailer for it, please check it out. It's awesome. And then, yeah, get your tickets, November 11th. Um, and what else have we got here today? Got a lot of catching up to do. Ooh, Constantine is getting a sequel with Keanu Reeves. Uh, Keanu Reeves made a Constantine film with the incredible Francis Lawrence as director back in, I think it was 2005. Um, and I was really late to the party with that film. I want to say I watched it in like 2017, maybe 2018. I was really late to the party with Constantine. But when I finally got around to watching it, I fucking loved it. Uh, I, I just love and adore Keanu Reeves and Francis Lawrence, I think is still one of the most underrated directors working today. Um, so, uh, the fact that we're getting a sequel with these guys returning is really cool. And Keanu Reeves, he said like, you know, uh, I've always wanted to do another Constantine movie and look at him. Keanu Reeves just deserves the world. So I am so very happy that he's finally getting his Constantine film. So yeah, that'll be cool. Um, I guess not much else is known about it because, uh, this news kind of broke just, uh, I think it was last week or the week before or something. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, let's see. What else? What else? Um, the movie Bros just came out. I think it was last week. Um, it's the romantic comedy about these two men who find love. Uh, it stars Billy, I think, I think you pronounce it Eichner. 
Ichner, Eichner. Um, but yeah, uh, he's the the main star of the movie, um, and he was also the co-writer for it. Um, but it didn't do too well at box office, and uh, Billy Eichner has gone out and blamed homophobia for it, uh, which I feel like it's kind of disingenuous. Like, I'm sure I'm not gonna say there aren't people out there that are like, oh, this movie's about gay people, so I'm just not going to watch it. But it seems to me like the bigger reason why this movie's not doing well at box office is because, A, the marketing for it wasn't too good, um, because it really wasn't. Uh, B, because I think I said A. Yeah, A, then B. Um, really oddly timed release date. Uh, I don't know why you'd release a romantic comedy at the end of September slash beginning of October. Um, I feel like that's it's usually like, I feel like if you're going to watch like a romantic comedy, obviously like Valentine's day is like, or, you know, closer to Valentine's day is usually a good time for that. But also summer seems to be good. I mean, uh, crazy rich Asians, I believe came out summer of 2018 and that did really well at box office. Um, but yeah, I mean like, Going into October, everybody's just kind of in the the spooky season mode, you know. Everybody's hyped for uh for Halloween ends, uh, and not a lot of people were excited to go see a, a rom com movie. Doesn't matter who it was about. I mean, uh, it's the thing. Like a lot of men, they don't really give a shit about rom coms. I mean, I enjoy my fair. I, I have my fair share of rom coms that I enjoy, but I can't remember the last time I went to a movie theater to go see one. Just to be completely honest. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's fair to say that uh, homophobia is the reason why this movie's not doing well at box office, especially because it seems like a lot of people on uh, Twitter who are part of the LGBTQ community, um, they're just saying they don't really like Billy Eichner uh, and that the movie didn't look like anything special to them. It's like, okay, cool. You know, Fire Island came out earlier this year. So what? Like, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess let me know if you guys have seen it or you're planning on seeing it. Uh, I'll probably check it out. You know, I'm, I, I don't want to judge a movie before I see it. I'm, I'm always one to just be like, all right, let me see it for myself. But, uh, you know, I, it looked, it looked interesting, looked funny, looked cute. Uh, but I, oh, that's the other big thing. I think another reason why not a lot of people are going to see it is because nobody knows who these people are. I mean, and that's, I guess, like, not necessarily, like, how do I put this? This movie has uh, like an all LGBTQ cast. So unfortunately, because of how Hollywood has been and how the world's been over the years, um, you know, uh, gay people and part of that community haven't had as much. They, they, they haven't had as many opportunities to shine compared to straight people. Um, of course, there have been people like Ellen DeGeneres, Neil Patrick Harris, who've broken those barriers over the years and have opened the doors for a lot of people um, in the industry and just all around the world, in, in, and just particularly in the entertainment industry. Um, but, uh, yeah, there weren't, there's, like, no star power to this film, so a lot of people are just like, okay, like, uh, that's the, the dude who uh, talks to people on the street, but I don't know any of the other people in the movie. So I think that's also fair to say that's probably a reason why people just weren't interested in seeing it. But who knows? Yeah, let me know if you if you've seen it or if you want to see it. Um, I'll let you know if I end up checking it out. Um, what else have we got? What else have we got? Mm. Oh, Amsterdam. That movie is coming out this weekend, and uh, I am very excited for it, but I'm also torn on it 
because uh, the director slash writer, David O. Russell, um, I was a very big fan of his. Uh, I loved his films um, like The Fighter, American Hustle, Silver Linings Playbook. Um, but uh, a lot of shit has come out about him over the years, and uh, a lot of people are, are very hesitant to support this movie because of uh, the accusations that have come out against him, um, and which is very fair. Um, uh, so I've been, I've been really torn about talking about it because like at the end of the day, you know, it's unfortunate when there's a lot of really phenomenal people involved in the making of a movie and it's like, you don't want to not support them, but you're conflicted about supporting the, the one person that does suck and is really terrible. Um, but yeah, so I don't know, but I, I do really want to see it. Uh, I'm sorry if that makes me a really terrible person, but I just... Christian Bale, John David Washington, those are my guys. Fucking love Margot Robbie. Then you factor in the the goat De Niro, uh, Rami Malek, you've got uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, Mike Myers. Uh, there's just a lot of really talented people involved in this film, and it does look good. I hate to say it. But it does look good, so uh, I'll probably check it out. And again, sorry in advance if that makes me a really terrible person. Um, I know it's it is a very touchy subject, and I can understand if people are upset because you know I, I don't want to. I'm not advocating like oh I'm supporting David O. Russell, but in a way, if I'm checking out the movie, I kind of am. So it's tricky, and I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, I'll let you know if I end up seeing it. But uh, if anything, I'm seeing it not for David O. Russell, but just that incredible cast. And there's the incre- the crew for that film's incredible too. Like, oh my god, uh, you got Daniel Pemberton as the composer. You've got um, uh, Emmanuel Lubezki uh, as the cinematographer. Um, Jay Casty is the editor. Like, there's just a lot of people that I really love that are also working behind the scenes on the movie. But uh, yeah, so. Again, tricky subject, but um, yeah. Um, let's see. I think I think that's about it. I think I've covered all the stuff that I wanted to talk about over these past few weeks. Um, and man, I, I did it in less than an hour. Pretty incredible, huh? Uh, definitely not used to this. Um, but yeah. Uh, so sorry again. This took so long. Uh, but I promise now that I've got some more time on my hands, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get back on a better schedule now because, uh, I really don't have any excuse for the time being. So, uh, and I, I absolutely love doing this and I'm, I, I hope you guys really enjoy it too. And, uh, if you guys haven't already checked out the, check out the Instagram, um, I'll put the link to that in the description box below so you can check it out. Um, and let me know, you know, give me feedback. You guys can message me on Instagram or comment on any of the posts I make or whatever. Like, let me know what you like, what you don't like, which if there's any suggestions that you guys might have uh, for me to talk about in the future. Um, I, I definitely want to get more engaged with my audience and just see what, see what all of you are interested in. You know, if you think that, I spend too much time talking about one thing and not enough about the other thing, you know, just, just talk to me. I'm very open, receptive person. Um, so, and I'm, I'm always looking to improve the podcast as much as I can. So yeah, please feel free to let me know and give me a follow if you, if you haven't already. And if you haven't checked out the, uh, earlier podcast episodes, please give that, uh, give them a listen. Um, 
yeah, stay tuned because uh, I'm very excited to get into the Halloween movies with my buddy Tim. You're going to love Tim. He's incredible and such a sweetheart. Uh, so we're going to do that very soon. And then we'll have our review for Halloween Ends once we get around to seeing it in the next uh I think it's I think it's next week is when it comes out. So, uh, yeah, I'll give my whole thoughts on the film when I end up seeing it. But uh, yeah, in the meantime, everybody, uh, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Sorry again this took so long, but I appreciate all the love and support. And uh, yeah, just please talk to me. All right, see you all. Bye bye, friends.